0: Welcome back to a new episode of the All Things Croatia podcast. I'm your host, Stan Kozovac. Born and raised in Los Angeles, I'm now living in Zagreb and studying the Croatian language. Before we start, just do me a favor and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening, as well as the Facebook and Instagram page. In this series, I'll be talking with people both in the homeland and around the globe who have connections to Croatia. We'll hear from startups, returning diaspora, musicians and athletes, and the biggest Croatian celebrities that will return my calls. But enough about me. Ida Modalje and let's get started. All right, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today, our guest is a good friend of mine, Zrenka Šapro. Zrenka is from Konavle, down by Dubrovnik, and works there as a tour guide of the old city in Dubrovnik. And she's also involved with dance and yoga, and today we're going to find out a little bit more about her, and here's some cool information that she gives on her tours as well, and hopefully we'll come away with a little more knowledge than we had before. Zrenka, thanks for coming on the podcast.
1: Thank you, Zrenka, for inviting me. I'm quite exciting.
0: <laughs> I know you wanted to make a, a little statement before we started to everyone.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry for, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna apologize because of my grammar. I do some kind small mistakes. So if someone is gonna, I'm grammar Nazi. That's why I'm apologizing in advance because I myself, I'm, I'm grammar Nazi.
0: Yeah, I see on Instagram you're always posting those uh, language <laughs> memes, <laughs> grammar memes. So I know I love you're very. Oh, <laughs>
1: that. <laughs> <But> your English
0: <laughs> is perfect, so you, you don't have anything to worry about. You speak French too.
1: Yeah, I, I I never mentioned because I'm more in love with Portuguese. So, but yeah, I also speak French.
0: Well, yeah, that was one of the questions I was going to ask you because I knew you spoke Portuguese and you actually give tours in Portuguese, right?
1: Yes, and in French and in English. Wow. And in Croatian. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Everything. What is that, four languages that you're yeah, giving tours four, in? Four, yeah. How did you, I mean, that's incredible. How did you, did you learn in school Portuguese and French?
1: Well, French I started in my uh, elementary school because my sister my older sister she was uh, learning uh, studying she was studying uh, french and then you know younger kids are always like oh i'm gonna be like my sister so i decided to um, uh, start learning french too but um, then i fell in love with it and i continued on my high school and then college and then when i came to college um, in croatia is great because we had a lot of uh, tv shows that are like in foreign languages, but we have just subtitles, mm. so it's not synch- synchronized. And we had a lot of these Brazilians and Portuguese TV shows that I was uh, watching when I was a, w- I was a kid, and I fell in love with the Portuguese, but I didn't have an opportunity to learn it. So when I went to Zagreb to college, I saw that they're offering Portuguese, and I was, okay, that's it, Portuguese it is.
0: So, wow, so yeah, you didn't start college, Portuguese until yeah. college?
1: yeah, I didn't start posting until yeah, till 18, and I think that languages are one way of getting know people, nation and country and everything actually, culture. So that's why I love languages. Hmm. it's It's describing everything about those people, about their culture, tradition, so you get the identity of those people, so that's yeah. why I love. That's true, which is
0: yeah, I mean, certainly, and the other way around, too, for you know when you're giving tours, for example, and people are able to hear this information in their own native language, you know French or Portuguese yes. or English, I mean that's definitely yes. you can learn a lot more like that, than... it's
1: easier for them they they can remember easily a lot of things because our history is really rich, so it's a little bit complex, but uh, and they appreciate it, you know, although though you have always some small mistakes because. Um, I'm not surrounded by those languages, besides English, I'm surrounded by it. (laughs) But uh, French, Portuguese, we don't have a lot of TV shows or movies. I have to search for those. So, for them, it's really, they appreciate when someone from Croatia speaks their language. They're like, whoa.
0: Mm -hmm. And I mean, the other way around, too, when I try to speak Croatian over here, (laughs) I know it's terrible, but a lot of people appreciate it.
1: That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter that it's terrible. We appreciate that you're trying because not (laughs) a lot of people are going to speak Croatian. It's not easy language. So,
0: (laughs) Zarinko, when did you first start becoming interested in, you know, giving tours and becoming a tour guide?
1: Well, it was always somewhere in my conscience because, like I said, I love traveling. I love communicating with people. I always wanted to be a teacher or professor. and. After the college, in, in college of course you're always uh, learning grammar, um, uh, literature, history, but you never speak, you know, and I said like, okay, I need to go there be- in, in the mass and between to be between people and start using these languages. And then I said, okay, I love my country, my Dubrovnik is amazing. Uh, it's easy summer job, so I'll just do that one season, and then I'll go. I, I'll do something else, or I don't know. And then I, on two, thousand fifteen, yes, two thousand fifteen. It was my first year when I decided to come back for summer in the Bromnik from Zagreb, and then I decided to do tours. Um, and that actually, it was quite horrible year full of stress (laughs) and but that's actually the year when I started to use a lot of French uh, English of course but I never had a lot of problems with community communicating in English with people but French and Portuguese those were two languages that I didn't have um, uh, I wasn't was not surrounded by those languages so I decided to do tours and It was worth it. I I just loved it. I fell in love with the city again, although I love it all the time. But um, I fell in love with the city, with the history. And it's completely different when you learn in school about your history and then when you grow up and when you learn about it and you actually uh, start start to uh, understand the
0: history. Hmm. How do you mean by that?
1: You know, we were in school and they were talking, yeah, Dubrovnik was republic, Uh, we had this, we were first for this, we were first for that. And I was like, oh yeah, right, right, right. But then when you grow up and when you realize, oh my God, in 14th century, this small city was independent. You had other empires around us that had thousands and thousands of people, Armies, weapons, mu- uh, money, and we were what five thousand people that were independent, and we were one of the biggest forces in the Mediterranean, hmm. you know, and not just the Mediterraneans, but we were worldwide known. So for me, it was like whoa, but you never realize that when you're fifteen years old, you're like yeah, yeah, right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Speaking of that, how did Dubrovnik manage to stay? I mean independent like that when you know it was one of the like premier trading places on the coast there right so how come they were able to you know no one wanted to fight them and take them over if they were so small I mean I guess that's where the walls come in and part of the you know that sort of history.
1: Uh, city walls of Dubrovnik started to get built in uh, 11th century already those are typical medieval cities fortifications they were uh, building everything around the center where they had people that lived and of course the center of our Republic and the city was the old town of Dubrovnik Um, but Dubrovnik always knew that they had the most powerful position in the Adriatic Sea and it's next to the exit to the Mediterranean, which means next to the uh, entrance to the Mediterranean. So they figure out, okay, we have to protect this. They had the land on their side because we have a lot of rocks around. So they decided to build the city on the rocks, on the higher rocks, so they can protect themselves from up, you know, from uh, from the higher level, we can say.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and. Um, Venetians actually conquered whole uh, Croatian coast, including Dubrovnik, but Dubrovnik never was completely conquered because uh, Dubrovnik was always rebel city, they knew their thing, they never wanted to be part of someone else, and... Uh, from the moment they, they started to be here and live here, they started with trading, with maritime center. They were started to be maritime center, trading center. They were great sailors. And what's the most important thing? They were great diplomats. Hmm. Everyone said like, like diplomacy. And maybe when, whenever someone mentions diplomacy, that's like Switzerland or some other countries. But Dubrovnik was the center of diplomacy. This is where diplomacy was invented because they were the line between East and West. They were the line between Muslim region and Catholic region. But literally, because behind the, the mountain that is just next to Dubrovnik was Bosnia-Herzegovina, is Bosnia-Herzegovina, which in the, uh, in the past was under Ottoman's empire. Mm-hmm. And those two, Ottomans and Venetians, hated each other And Dubrovnik was in between. So, to protect themselves, they invented diplomacy. They were uh, uh, talking lovely uh, sentences with the Ottoman Empire on one side and lovely, lovely sentences uh, (laughs) uh, with uh, Venetians on the other side. And the most important thing was that Vatican, the center, uh, Roman Catholic Church, the uh, Pope was for Dubrovnik because they were great Catholic, Catholics, Catholics. Mm. So they played those cards, you know, so we always said in Dubrovnik <laughs> that uh, with everyone be polite, but with no one for realsies, you know? Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's the saying over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Because, you know, they're all kind and polite. They were great with everyone, but they were thinking with their own head. You know, they could say whatever, but they knew that their plan was something else. So,
0: mm-hmm. so they were always able to sort of negotiate themselves out of always. trouble. Always.
1: Dubrovnik, if they couldn't resolve the problems with the words, they always had the money. In 16th century the Dubrovnik's Bromley, the Republic, was one of the richest republics in Europe. Wow. And yeah, and it's small it's really small, you know, you visit it, so it's small. Uh, so, uh, whenever they couldn't resolve the problems with words, there's money. They, mm-hmm. they were paying off. Okay. What's your price? And everyone had price. So,
0: and did they have any, any goods that they were, I mean, exporting or were they simply trading between goods okay, from other countries? T-
1: trading, trading was the main thing. Trading between the, uh, countries uh, they were the only Catholic Republic or country at that time that had permission to trade inside of the Muslim territory which means whole yeah whole Eastern part Turkish Ottoman Empire part was just for Dubrovnik they were the only ones who had this permission and then they had uh, mines in Bosnia-Herzegovina then they had salt and in the past, we know that they didn't have a refrigerator, so refrigerator was salt. Just to conserve all this food, fish, meat, you had to have uh, salt. So in 16th century, salt was considered as white gold, and who had that was really, really rich. That's why we built another city walls around the city of Stone, which is around one hour from Dubrovnik mm-hmm. uh, towards Split. And this is where we have huge city walls that are 5.5 kilometers long that are protecting the salt works that we have there.
0: Uh, Ah, yeah, that's right. You can see the like the salt fields from up on the walls.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And there are 13 pools that even today are in use. So even today they're producing salt using the same old traditional uh, technology
0: and you, so this is all taking place in the 16th century and you mentioned from
1: 14 from 14 to 19 was republic but majority like golden period was uh, end of 14 15 16th century uh, end of uh, end of 16 beginning of 17th century
0: mm-hmm. and then you mentioned the walls were in the 11th
1: Yes, uh, 11th century was when they started to build small fortifications around. So, the main wall was built in 11th century. And then it it took them three centuries to finish the walls. So, from 11th until 14th century, this whole city was fortified. But then, because the weapons were developing, of course, uh, enemies were getting stronger and stronger, they were always changing the fortifications, they were adding some uh, uh, fortresses or smaller uh, soldier houses. So they were always improving city walls and the city itself. Hmm.
0: And were they occupied during those 300 years of building or that was all independent? Um, uh,
1: So the independence came, the official independence came in 1358. Until that Period. We were under Venetian government. Mm-hmm. Then we were changing uh, our governors. We can say, but Dubrovnik as a, a mentality and identity was always independent. The only thing they were not still in that time. They were not uh, strong enough to separate. But in fourteenth century, when they succeeded to have enough money, enough enough power, and then Vatican uh, holding their back, they they succeeded to to. Um, uh, have their freedom and independence,
0: and that wasn't a violent. Um, there was no war. Nonviolent.
1: With that. No, no. Dubrovnik was never violent because they had no army. They they had just guards. If there was some problems and Dubrovnik had to fight with someone, they were paying to the barbarians, to the criminals. They were paying to criminals to to fight for them. But uh, Dubrovnik never had big army, so they even though if they started a war with Venice in that time, they would lose because Venetians had a huge army. Ottoman Empire on the other side, also huge army. So whoever wanted to attack Dubrovnik uh, could easily do that. But like I said, Dubrovnik was protected on uh, other things with Vatican as the center of the Catholic religion, and diplomacy and money so those are the 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 means that they were using to avoid problems hmm. never violence even in 19th century when napoleon troops came here in in the when the republic was abolished um they decided to avoid the war they decided to open the gates to french government to french army and let them in the city to avoid that russian army and Uh, French army meet in the city and destroyed the city itself because they really loved their city they they all this money that went or they earned went to the city they were improving the city they were improving the uh, life here Um, you you couldn't you have strict rules that you had to follow to live in in the city and whatever you did you didn't do that for your glory or your prize. You did that because you loved the city.
0: And we're like the main old city, as we think of it, you know, in yes. the walls. Is that mm-hmm. only royals live there or even common people?
1: Even common people. Even common people, of course, common people were living on the higher points, uh, like closer to the exits or uh, on these poor areas that were considered at that time, poor areas, while the noble ones, but noble these noble families became noble because of the money. Of course, they were all merchants, sailors. They had the, their wealth like that. They, they earned their wealth. Um, they lived closer to uh, Main Street and in these big, bigger palaces. But also they were building the summer houses outside of the city, but both. Poor people and wealthy people lived in the same place.
0: Hmm. So everyone was yeah. was being protected then?
1: Yes, yes, yes. Only uh, this countryside area, although they they didn't have a walled city, they did have a few fortifications on, in the countryside from where the government of Dubrovnik, they would send some noblemen there uh, that had to that had to keep that area secured for six months to one year so every six months or every year they were changing the the governor of that area and they had these fortifications so in the case of war or some attacks people could hide in Hmm. because the number of people that lived in that in this area at that time was not enormous so that's why these fortifications could be of use. but today of course it's a little bit different (laughs)
0: Yeah, is that the area um, known as Ploče? No,
1: con, uh, Ah, uh, you mean uh, up in the hills, or no? You mean uh, outside of Dubrovnik. Uh
0: but yeah, yeah, outside the, yeah. the walls.
1: Yeah, outside of the uh, of the walls, you had just few summer houses.
0: I see. I so see. all
1: these fortifications uh, on the walls. Majority of the people, when the war happened in Dubrovnik, would hide inside of these fortifications or inside the old town. Uh, Konamla area, the countryside area had its own fortifications, monasteries with towers and uh, tow- uh, towers and um, forts where they, <clears throat> where local people could hide.
0: I see. Oh, yeah. The, um, uh, what's the, the fort? Called? Sokol.
1: Yeah. Sokol. Sokol. Falcon. Yeah. Falcon uh, fortress.
0: That's right. Yeah. Actually, I, I was there. Yeah. In yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and that's, that's, that's uh, Falcon Sokol, uh, fa- sorry, uh, Sokol uh, <laughs> fortress or Falcon fortress um, was built to protect uh, the line between Ottomans empire because behind that hill was already Ottomans empire. And this is where the Ottomans every Saturday would come to trade with the Bromnik local people. In that area near the, uh, the fortress, and from that fortress, they could see whole Connemara region, and like that, they were controlling. They knew if would if something would happen. You no, know? so that that fortress for me built on the rocks. It's amazing. It was a small city, so it's amazing.
0: Well, it sounds like they really had their diplomacy and negotiating yes. down.
1: Yes, The Dubrovnik in sixteenth century uh, had around fifty consulates all all around the world. Wow! Yeah, including India, Goa. In India and in Goa, we have Saint Blaise Church. Really? Our patron saint. Yeah.
0: I didn't know that. All the, that's all the way back from the 15th century. Yes. Wow! So, very cool. Yeah. Um, they were. They
1: were great. They were quite intelligent, and that's that's what amazes me uh, a lot. And that's why I'm really grateful to live here, to be part of this region and to have this opportunity to pass all this knowledge and I can say my love towards the city to our guests that are visiting the city
0: Mm -hmm. yeah I mean you're a great tour guide I know at least once I think two times you've uh I don't know if we've been on the walls twice but
1: uh no we've been on the walls once and then in the city
0: Ah, that's right that's right. right yeah yeah what are some of the actually I wanted to Get back to one point you made, I forgot, um, when you mentioned that they let the French army in. I'd never mm-hmm. heard about that. I want to ask what happened after that.
1: Uh, so, Marshal Marmont and his troops entered the city. Actually, they used, the legend said that they, that was a trick. So, they said like, okay, we're gonna enter the city, just pass through the city and go on the other side. So, we don't have to go all the way around and we're going to leave the next day. But of course, when they entered in, they, they just stayed for five years, which meant that Napoleon on uh, in January 1809 abolished the Republic of Dubrovnik. Hmm. So the Republic of Dubrovnik no longer existed as a free uh, or city-state or free country or free city, and it was just joined to the rest of Croatia. It was blend with with the rest of Croatian coast and the center up there, north Pargreb in that eastern area.
0: Ah, by the French though. Declared by, by yeah. The French. Yeah. Huh. I never knew that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay. And, and there
1: were five years here and after that Austro Hungarian government.
0: Uh, ah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um I wanted to ask you about, you know, I mentioned how we walked in the old city there. Uh, What are some of the old buildings that are there of note that you talk about on your tours?
1: Well, I can just point or tell the most important ones. Um, For example, when we immediately enter in the city, there's a big uh, fountain, round fountain in the city. Uh, That's one of the most important monuments uh, in the city because the Bromnik uh, like I said, was built on the rocks, so they didn't have their own water, they didn't have any cisterns or aqueduct or spring of natural water inside the old town. So it was really uh, awful to live in the city during the summertime, and especially during the sieges, if Dubrovnik was attacked, the gates would be closed, uh, no one could exit or enter in the city, so they needed food and water for people who lived in in, in the city. So they decided to uh, build the aqueduct the aqueduct uh, was built by Italian architect Onofrio Dalcava Cava that's uh, 12 kilometers long so it's bringing the water from the mountain to the city of Dubrovnik and it's using just gravity so in the past they used just gravity to bring that water from the mountain to the city and that that was the most amazing thing ever um, and then they left the small part of the roof open so in the case someone cuts off the source of water from the mountain the rain can fall in and like that they can have rainwater and the system was a centrifugal uh, system which means that it was never still so it was always mo- mo- moving and it means that it was never um, full of diseases you know when it's there's a still water it can get bad so that never happened with this one so for me that's amazing and it's still functioning
0: <laughs> yeah so. people still drink from it
1: yes yes um the water from in the Bromnik is completely safe to drink so during the summertime, that's the best thing ever when you enter in the city and it's hot so hot mm-hmm. you just go in that fountain and like and it's water is so fresh and cold that it's amazing
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, that's so refreshing. I know it yeah. gets so hot there in the old part with yeah. all the, you know, stones.
1: Stones, yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's really white, bright stone, so it's it's really, really hot.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: then uh, I would say um, Franciscan monastery with its um, pharmacy, one of the oldest pharmacies in the world. It was uh, open in the uh, Dubrovnik in 14th century, 1317, and it's still functioning. That's the most important thing that that uh, pharmacy from 14th century until today never was never closed and never stopped working. So so you can still go and
0: get medicine there. Medicine. Yes. Of course,
1: today it's uh, a modern medicine, but in the past. (laughs) Yeah. But yes, they are still producing their local uh, moisturizing creams, hand lotions, body lotions and stuff like that using the herbs from their garden. So that's uh, the they're still producing something like Franciscans. But now the pharmacy, of course, uh, it's, um, big company. So, uh, you can use, you can buy any, any, um, medicine that you need, but those that are, they are producing are moisturizing creams, lotions and stuff like that.
0: Hmm. And are this is sort of off topic here, but are, 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 mm-hmm. oh, are a lot of the people like the families that were living for a long time in Dubrovnik still living there and still like for example you know running the same shops or living in the same homes that they've been for generations. Uh,
1: yes, not uh, all of them because majority of them uh, or went outside of the old town uh, since it's quite it's really quite difficult to live inside the old town because there's no lot of um, transport, for example, there's no lot of uh, grocery shops. Everything is so expensive, double, triple. Um, it's mainly touristy area, so it gets crowded over the uh, summertime. During the wintertime, when we have a lot of rain, you have cascades, waterfalls down the, the whole city because it's all in, in steps. So there's more than 5,000 steps inside the old town. So, there's a lot of floods that are happening if it's pouring rain like today. Um, so it's, but it's difficult, but for those people who are still here, uh, they stayed here because they love it. They love the city itself. They love the way of living here. So, they are still living in the same buildings. Uh, majority of them didn't even renovate these apartments, uh, because it's quite expensive and hard to, Uh, renovate anything, especially when UNESCO protected Dubrovnik from 1979. Mm. Uh, Dubrovnik was protected as a World Heritage, so now you have to file all this paperwork uh, before you do any renovation or change something inside of your apartment. Um, To bring the furniture in the apartment is also uh, difficult because uh, the doors and windows are quite small. (laughs) <laughs> so, all all that is complicated, but still a lot of people live here, not too much, around 800 people during the whole year, mm-hmm. while maybe during the winter time you have thousand, one thousand two hundred 1,200 people that live here. The, the, the number is changing because of the tourism, of course, because the majority of people would like to rent these apartments to tourists, earn a lot of money, it's easy money. Uh, And they can live normal, we can say, because the Bromnik is quite, quite expensive.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. But you still have, uh, for example, small shops, uh, especially jewelry shops, these old jewelry shops. Those are generations and generations of goldsmiths from the Bromnik that were here. Or all these like small, small shops that are not some franchise.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. All these like unique small shops; those are mainly from generations to generations of people who who were here or worked here or had shops here.
0: Huh, that's pretty cool that those have been yeah. kept within the
1: yeah. It's less and less every year, unfortunately. But uh, I think, especially with this COVID situation, Corona situation, slowly they started to to bring that back again. Mm-hmm. Especially for uh, local people who live inside the city, because sometimes the government forgets that the city is not just for tourists. It's not just the city that people visit. It's also the city where people live. So that's why they are trying to bring all these things that local people need inside the old town too.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I wanted to ask. I mean, what is life like there outside of the summer season? You know, when there's not so many tourists.
1: <laughs> Come and see. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, it's um, these two years was quite difficult because it was more dead than usual um, because of the COVID situation. So we didn't have any festivals or um, a lot of uh, theater performances and st- stuff like that or concerts. Um, but it's quite quiet uh, quiet, and uh, there's no lot of things to do unfortunately uh, majority of the restaurants and cafes are closed especially inside the old town and yet the problem is that majority of them have the uh, outside seatings not just inside or inside you have just few tables so majority of the restaurants close during the winter time then it's uh, cold because there's a lot of wind then there's a lot of rain so even if they want to open they they cannot have uh, outdoor seating mm. um we have some like okay movies uh, theater maybe sometimes some concerts but that's it it's quite completely opposite from the summertime when it's overcrowded into alive the bromnik goes back to its uh, winter sleep we can <laughs> say it's like a bear <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah
1: yeah yeah well, it sounds like there's a wakes up in the in the spring
0: it sounds like there's a little bit of a sweet spot Right, I guess at the end of the summer and before the winter hits, where it's, it's yeah, just the right amount yeah, of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yes, yes. You know, it's um, 2019 was crazy. I I always said that uh, I would never like that 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 year happens again because all those people who visited Dubrovnik during the summertime of 2019, I think they said never again.
0: <laughs> there was that many people because it was
1: overcrowded overcrowded it was overcrowded for me that I'm used to these crowds mm-hmm. so you can imagine how crowded it was um, and yet people who come to visit Dubrovnik in that time if they are not just planning to go to beach or in, enjoy this the sea if you want to see architecture or enjoy the city you cannot do that because it's overcrowded mm. so I prefer less uh, number like less population or less tourists but high quality you know so i think the the perfect time to visit croatia would be may june it's crowded but not overcrowded and it's not that it's it's not too hot Uh, July and August are mainly where people you know uh, come for their vacation holidays and this is where majority of people come for their summer Uh, and then September I love September not just because it's my birthday then (laughs) but (laughs) but also because uh, September is like it's really hot but not too hot and yet uh, the nights are a little bit colder um, or cooler and the temperature of the sea is perfect less people who want to go to, to, to take a swim so the beaches are not empty but not overcrowded uh, the temperature of the sea is amazing and then we, i'm swimming till mid of october
0: wow really that late so, yeah
1: yeah yeah because it's it's still really really nice weather
0: it's not too cold if there's the no water. rain
1: no 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 mm. it's perfect because actually outside it's so hot that the water it balances
0: Mm.
1: it's really great but you know there's a lot of people who love crowds and love uh, uh, 40 degrees and stuff like that so come (laughs) and visit during July and August yeah you will not regret (laughs) (laughs) Well, what are
0: are you expecting for this summer (laughs) Uh,
1: well they said that the expectations are quite high that it will be quite crowded
0: almost to the 2019 levels or no
1: Yes, yes. They wow. say that, but, but we'll see, you know. It it can change easily and maybe the newspapers always add something uh, to to you know, they're always increasing the numbers and stuff like that, but they mm-hmm. said it's going to going to be as good as 2000, 2019. So we'll see.
0: Wow, that's great. I,
1: I would lo- let's say, I would love that it's like maybe 70% of 2019. That that's completely okay. But,
0: <laughs> that's your ideal you know, number.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, just so people who come they can enjoy, in, in enjoy really the city, and mm-hmm. not yell to oh, it's overcrowded I hate this now I have to wait in the queue for forty five minutes to get my dinner. <laughs>
0: yeah, you don't want people to hate it just because I mean yeah. there's a lot of people. It's not hating the city. Yeah. That's just you know a yeah, problem. that's just with the situation. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: The same thing with Venice, Barcelona, all these popular cities
0: mm, around the city,
1: around the the globe. The only problem that is is that Dubrovnik is one fifty times smaller <laughs> than those cities. It's just one quarter of Venice. So I can say like, wow, it's funny. Yeah.
0: And will you be doing the Game of Thrones tours this summer?
1: Uh, well. I'm doing all kinds of uh, tours, so Game of Thrones is also one of them. Um, now you have a lot of Game of Thrones tours all around. Uh, I don't know what. For now, I don't have specific tours like okay, this is just Game of Thrones tour. So if I have private tours, then if there are some fans of Game of Thrones, I always mention something. Mm-hmm. But there's a there's a lot of people now less than in the in the past. Um, there are people. Who would like just to do Game of Thrones to see where they film, what they filmed, and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, and you try to incorporate that sometimes in your, I mean, regular tours. Yeah, yeah. People yeah. I interested. always,
1: I always, I always do. Even when I'm doing Game of Thrones tour, I love to compare Dubrovnik and King's Landing mm. in, in the Game of Thrones because it was similar. You know the whole idea of King's Landing and the policy of the was similar, so I like to make some. Uh, um, I I, I love, like to compare things with the Republic and some situations that happened in the, in the show and stuff like that. So it's hmm. fun, and yeah. I'm always having uh photos that I'm showing to people. So,
0: <laughs> well, yeah, that helps you better understand too when you can relate it to something like that. Yeah,
1: and I think it's also that and I think it's a it's a pity to come to Dubrovnik and not have just a small part of Dubrovnik's history the most important things not not a lot mm-hmm. but just some small things and just so you can remember he said like oh this is a Game of Thrones but she also said this and that you know so I'm yeah. trying to actually read the vibe of the group and see what what they they're willing to hear and majority of them when we start to game of thrones they said oh can we get some history <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah they still want some part of that yeah well your, your sister was in an episode of game of thrones right
1: yes yes my <laughs> sister was in, how did that in. happen uh well it was crazy because when people heard that hbo game of thrones show is coming to the city everyone especially those fans who read books they went crazy they were like god so there were lines for audition and uh, it was it was quite difficult to get in uh, first so that was season two and they uh, had just 300 extras for season two and then season three four five of course more and more but uh, for first uh, season that was filmed here in the uh, season two that was a uh, really big big deal my sister she wanted to try it and she said, okay, I'm gonna apply and see. And she's a beauty. So they accepted her as a noble girl or someone. Uh, she was in the scene with um, Kalisi on the island of Karth uh, when uh, they prepared like a welcome party for her. On, that was filmed on the island of Lokrum here in front of Dubrovnik. And my sister never watched an episode, never read any word from the books and she did not have a clue who those actors were what they are doing and what's happening she just knew it's some TV show that is really popular and uh, she got in and you can see her in some of the uh, scenes especially those scenes when Khaleesi is there and you can see my sister behind Emily's left shoulder and she's acting and she's like imagine that you she's there and in her head she's like oh i'm on the film set and she doesn't even know who those <laughs> actors are it's so uh-huh. funny she doesn't realize yeah, yeah. the
0: magnitude of <laughs> no
1: no no and there's there were there were people that that were so jealous because i have colleagues and i have friends of mine that wanted to be part of it and they never got in and imagine them like i'm not there and i'm a fan i know everything <laughs> and she <laughs> so i'm always laughing <laughs> because of that and she didn't even uh she didn't know that she's in the show i told her i was like you're in the show i saw you you're in the show and she was like really where when and then i sent her uh these clips and she was like oh my god i'm in i'm in i was like you didn't <laughs> even watch yourself and that was like 4 years after Wow, Not at really? that time. Yeah, yeah. She said, "Oh, really? I'm in." Huh? She's so funny.
0: Yeah. <laughs> she yeah. didn't even care to to look. No, at once the no, episodes no. came out.
1: No, she didn't even apply for the next season. She said, uh, "It's it's too tiring." <laughs> it, it really was because they got ah they had to get up at four a.m. and they were finishing at seven p.m. It was wow, all day. That's yeah. A long and they game. were paying them just like thirty euros, which is nothing.
0: Wow, that's, that's it like, for the whole day. Yeah, yeah. Huh.
1: Yeah. So it was not, it's for extras are always there because they love the show, nothing else. <laughs> <I guess laughs> yeah, they want to be a part of it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why.
0: <laughs> now, uh, Zurinka, you're also doing, you told me about this a few weeks ago and I saw you and I forgot exactly what it was, but for National Geographic, you're taking them around as they're, what are they doing, oh. like a special or taking a bunch of pictures?
1: Uh, yeah, oh, well, there are different tours. So, for these Limblad expeditions that are having, like, um, doing these tours uh, together with the National Geographic, they have these, um, specifically, uh, created tours for people that are visiting to experience Croatia, the best of Croatia. So, either we are going by the land, so we are visiting the main points, the Dubrovnik split, some uh, neighborhood, the countries around, um, having this traditional food. um, They are, we are showing them some specific parts of people's life, you know, if they are making something, how they did this, how they're cooking that, some experiences that they would never uh, find somewhere else or in uh, regular tours. Oh, And we are sailing around uh Croatian coast also. We are visiting the islands, the most important uh, points. And we always have first day uh, on tour, we have like a presentation. I talk about Croatia and every day we have different presentations or um, lessons that we are passing, learning a little bit about the language or culture or history so there's always something it's it's not a typical tour like two hours and that's it it's we have few few uh, extra things it's quite fun
0: so it sounds yeah. like they really want an in-depth look at the culture and yes
1: everything. yes 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 and i'm there especially on the boat i'm there with them as a local if they want to know something in any time of the day they want to Know something more about our history, or some parts of the history, or tradition, or I don't know literature. You know, I'm there for them, and we are talking about that. So it's quite fun.
0: That's really. And cool. they
1: are always trying like uh, local food, local wines. So it's a full experience on local things.
0: Hmm. That sounds like a great job for them too. They just get to try all the yeah, food, yeah, and yeah. drinks, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <pictures>. yeah.
1: <laughs> of w- course, where they are have
0: they... a. Sorry. Go ahead
1: sorry. Um, of course they have a professional photographer who's with them and taking photos of them on these tours and picturing all and capturing all these moments.
0: Mm-hmm. And then they'll publish, publish that in their magazine or what?
1: Yes. Uh, website, magazine, whatever. I, I, I really, uh, I didn't get any copy of those. So if, the, if you find some, uh, photos of mine, please tell me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and when is that taking place?
1: Uh, those are mainly, I have, uh, uh, mainly, mainly now July, August. Okay, but that's just because we are doing the the coastal area too. We are sailing, so that's mm-hmm. why. And I have, uh, sorry, I have September, mainly September. So August, September. So I was lying. August, September.
0: Hmm. And yeah. but aside from Dubrovnik, you're also, I guess, not with them, but. Um, On other tours, you go into, what, Mostar, right? And Split, too, or
1: no? Yes, Uh, yes. One-day excursions to Mostar or Montenegro, so Bosnia-Herzegovina and Montenegro. And sometimes I do, like, um, uh, there are rare one-day tours or trips to Split. There's always... Or I'm doing transport transport from Dubrovnik to Split or from Split to Dubrovnik. Uh, And also, I do these tours this year. I'm going to... Have more tours for like ten days with a group or just a couple uh, around Croatia.
0: Wow! So you're gonna be really busy this summer.
1: Yes, and I love that. That's that's the best part about being tour guide because I'm traveling. I love to travel, meeting new places, and and Croatia is really beautiful. It's it has a lot of things to see. So I think that's the best best way of uh, getting you know Croatia to come here and explore a little bit of everything because we have from mountains to sea, sandy beaches, rocky beaches, uh, flat area, high area, you know, it's, it's complete, something completely different. So whatever one country, big country can have all that, like from one side to another. Croatia is so small, but we have like, it's like we have four countries in one country you know we have small places big towns the flat area it's, it's amazing i love it
0: yeah there's so much to see you can't just go to one city yeah. and you know yeah. call
1: it call it a day in it, it that's croatia no because there's <laughs> there's more for example you're in zagreb now you know that zagreb is like a typical austrian german architecture gray foggy area, flat area, and then you pause, go to the Dalmatian coast, whoa, sunny, um, sea, Dalmatian typical medieval architecture, so it's uh, mm-hmm. completely different, yeah.
0: Well, before I forget, Zdenka, uh, if people want to reach out to you um, about tours, you know, this summer, where where should they go? And I'll put links, too, later on. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> I'm such a lazy person, I don't have my website now, it's still in progress, so...
0: Wow, you're making a website.
1: Yeah, I'm making a website, so it's easy to uh, easier to to uh, connect with me uh, or contact me. Uh, I have a mail address or a Facebook page or Instagram page. Those are the channels I have.
0: Okay, and I'll yeah. maybe I'll have to wait then to uh, release the episode <laughs> until you got the website up and I can. Wait yeah, to- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. So, I didn't know you were doing yeah. that.
1: Yeah, because I figured out okay, maybe that will be some sort of a maybe blog just for people. If uh, on, I'm still thinking about languages. Should I put all three or just English? But I'm gonna see mm-hmm. that and figure out. But uh, it's something that that you should do. It's a I'm a tour guide and I love it, but not just because of the business. I just wanna if people when they are searching wanna find some informations. That are in one place because of course, internet, you can find a lot of information. But from a local side, we can say, I think that's a good idea to have some site, site where you can go and say, Oh, she recommends this, uh, not because someone paid me, but just because I think as a local, this is better than something else.
0: Yeah, I think that yeah. would be a huge hit. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah. Even I look for, you know, things like that. And i yeah, I guess only a year is not that long, but feels like a long time that. Yeah. Yeah. I've I been know. able to be in Croatia. But yeah, I'm still looking for like things that aren't just tourist traps and you know, I yeah, want to yeah, see yeah. what the locals are doing and things like that. Yeah. That's, That's cool. the
1: problems with the Bromnik because majority of the things in the Bromnik can't be out of tourist area because the Bromnik is so small that everything is tourist area. Even those tourists tourists who don't want to be tourists are tourists because they are looking for non-touristy things. If you get me, <laughs>
0: hmm, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of people who don't want to be, I don't know, uh, inside the old town. They want to go to some bar that is not that low, uh, that is uh, not that touristy. But yet, you have if you have twenty people like that, that hmm. bar will already become tourist tourist yeah, bar. You know. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so it's it's funny, but that's that's the problem. But I think it's. um. Uh, whenever you want to that's why for example winter area or a winter time It's uh, it's perfect time to visit Dubrovnik because then you can see where the locals are and what they are doing and you know You can feel that vibe. It's well, lazy why but but it's still a vibe, so
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, what are you doing Zdenka outside of the, um, the season you know during the winter?
1: I do a lot of things. I'm a person that almost never... I I love sleeping, but I sleep a lot. But still, I'm I'm, I'm always uh, doing something. Well, these two years since I was almost off work, I took that to uh, concentrate on my passions. And my passions are yoga, uh, dance, and psychology. So this year, I'm going to be also, I'm uh, almost finishing my yoga uh, certificate. So in September, fingers crossed, I will be yoga teacher, finally. (laughs) Uh, Then I'm doing uh, dance classes. So I'm dancing in one studio. And uh, now I'm studying psychology, actually. So I do all of the things. I'm doing some energy treatments also. So... A lot of things. Some tutoring. <laughs> so, a, a lot of, of things. Yeah, yeah.
0: And you just told me uh, before we started recording about the psychotherapy. You know, do you want to talk yes. a little about that?
1: Uh, uh psychology and psychotherapy for me are the amazing sources uh, the, and amazing things. I think everyone should uh, do some kind of uh, therapy just because i think people especially nowadays are bombed with a lot of things and emotions and everything that they are feeling it's really hard to process and just to work and to work on yourself and get to know yourself i think psychology and psychotherapy are great um great tools to do that so um uh, this year i got in this education for gestalt uh, uh, psychotherapy and now i'm doing my education uh, for next four years so i'm hoping to um, get these approaches on psychotherapy uh and that are modern and that are interesting to other people so it will it won't be a huge like oh she's doing psychotherapy it's like okay that's completely great thing and normal thing. so just go for it so
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty cool i love it
1: and it's really cool when when you get to know the brain and how it's functioning and how your body is functioning how these emotions and tra- traumas that you have are what they are doing to you and your body and how you're fighting against them or with them oh it's amazing i'm in love with it with it so
0: it seems like a I mean, lot of that ties into i mean yoga and even dance so that yes, makes sense why you're interested yes, in those as yes
1: well. yes yes that's true because when you see, well, I'm now I'm seeing people, when they're walking down, I can see the burdens that, or that they're holding, you know, or they're having. You can see that people, if they have their shoulders, like, really tight, or if they walk um, differently, or they are walking too proud, all of that shows the these, or traumas, or emotions, or something that they have held in it, or locked in in themselves. It's amazing. It's amazing. I love it.
0: Hmm. Um oh I forgot what I was <laughs> gonna say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sorry. No, no, no. I was <laughs> I was thinking about that and I was getting lost in my own uh thinking wow what burdens am I carrying and <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: sorry oh are we starting psychotherapy yeah, I, think <laughs> I just had my first session <laughs> <laughs> free of charge. Okay for yeah. first time it's free of charge first <laughs> one's
0: free Uh, but no, Zrenka, I really, I appreciate you taking the time to, you know, come on the podcast here. You gave a lot of great information. I think we're coming down towards the end here. And I just wanted to ask for your first local, um, recommendation, maybe Mm -hmm. this can go later on the blog and the website, but just two things. I won't ask too much, but your favorite beach in or around Dubrovnik? And the best restaurant to go to if you were to visit for the first time?
1: Oof, oof. That's a tough choice because, <laughs> okay, you have to tell me fish restaurant, meat restaurant, vega restaurant.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, true. Yeah. yeah. Just put it all into one. Um, okay. okay, say if you've never been to Croatia and you want like an authentic Dubrovnik restaurant experience.
1: Okay. Okay. Then for sure, I would like, if you're in the Brunnic area, you should go to this, like, Proto. For me, Proto is one of the best fish restaurants because when you're in Dubralnik, you have to eat fish and seafood, especially during summertime, especially oysters. If you miss oysters, if you don't eat oysters in Dubralnik, you made a huge mistake since we have the best oyster in the world, one prize in London for the best oyster in the world, flat European oyster that is quite rare to find, And they are here from Roman time, so that's number one. Yeah, when in Croatia, when in Dubrovnik, eat oysters.
0: (laughs) Actually, I've never (laughs) eaten an oyster in any of Croatia, so I I must be doing something wrong. I'm gonna try that next time. Yeah,
1: this this summer when you get down, well, Mm -hmm. we're gonna do these things. Okay, local (laughs) things. Um, So for me, that like fish, the best fish restaurant is proto If you're willing to have this, like. uh, again, modern, but um, modern approach to the local cuisine, then I will recommend Lutz in Canton, the Lucy's Corner restaurant inside the Old Town. But for Pekka, the meat, and this traditional dishes of the Bromnik, I would go uh, in Konavle. Definitely mm-hmm. to go in Konavle Konavoski Dvori restaurant near the River Luta in Konavle area. Lam, um sorry uh veal under the bell iron bell, that's a traditional meal. Delicious, 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 delicious. And that's if you love meat and you wanna try typical uh dish, that's that's it. Hmm. That's it. Uh, uh veal under the iron bell in Konavle. Okay, I'm gonna have and, to
0: write these down.
1: Mm -hmm. my mom will make it for you don't worry (laughs) (laughs) and that's what we are eating so and those are really that's delicious meat that is under slowly um, uh, put not cooked but like it's like an in an oven slowly slowly uh, cooked for five to six hours Mm. it's delicious it melts (laughs) in your mouth although I'm not eating meat anymore but still when I'm talking about it (laughs) It reminds me, like, oh, it's so good. Um, but beaches, I have two beaches that I love. Uh, one is outside the Brunning, That's the island of Lokrum. Mm. You cannot get enough of that beauty. It's small island, but yet big enough to avoid crowds. It has everything. Um, rocks terraces grass for children for elderly restaurant you know everything if you want to hike you can go hike a uh, private beach or uh, to be a little bit isolated or with bunch of people amazing uh and Dancha beach it's uh, near the old town maybe five minutes walking uh, distance from the old town it's under the old monastery where today is nunnery and it's beautiful the sunset from there it's amazing it's called danche d-a-n-c-h-e danche beach danche. i love it i love it love love it so those are the the beaches that i love there are more beaches of course but depends on the mood and everything that you're looking for i don't like sandy beaches because sand for me it's i am not fun of fun of it but uh, if you like sandy beaches there are a few in the Bromnick, but uh, be careful in the Bromnick you have to get down or get up a lot of steps to go on these beaches so Yeah. you cannot avoid exercising in the running that's the only thing
0: that's good especially if you're going to all those restaurants that you just mentioned Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's why we are eating a lot but we are walking a lot we're going up and down steps that's why we are always fit
0: <laughs> all right Zarenko well thank you so much for coming on the podcast with me always a pleasure to talk to you and I'll have to see you this summer
1: No, thank you very much for inviting me and uh, having this conversation with me. So it was my pleasure.
0: That's it for today's episode of the All Things Croatia podcast. Thanks for tuning in and I hope you all enjoyed it. You can subscribe to the Patreon and check out the All Things Croatia Instagram page to stay updated. Feel free to reach out to me with any questions, tips or ideas and make sure to tune back in to the next episode. Thanks again and vidimo se!